Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ah, nice to hear a Grammy Award winner grace the uh, airwaves of Channel Q. Congratulations to her. It was a crazy, crazy day yesterday for a lot of people. I think the last 24 hours have been uh, tough, uh, to say the least. I know for me personally, waking up this morning, one of my first thoughts was, I am very lucky that I am waking up right now next to a person that I love. It, mm. You know, these things, uh, though they're very difficult, it always reminds you of what you have yeah. and uh, you know in a country divided I think things like this bring people together and uh, you know we can we're going to talk about this on the show for a little while just to give keep you all updated I know the morning beat was uh, doing a great job of keeping you updated throughout the morning and we will certainly let you know of any updates that are happening as they come in uh, I was working on a project at home yesterday when I got all these text messages. Hey, are you by the helicopter crash? Are you by the helicopter crash? And I was like, I what? What? What's going on? And then uh, could hear helicopters overhead and I was going, what is going on here? And then checked Twitter and uh, you know, nothing had been 100% confirmed yet and then, you know, we were on the the Channel Q text uh, mm-hmm. thread you know, and I think who who there was another basketball player that was rumored to be in there. That, Fox, which uh, they later also was a, a Laker, and for a little while online there was a conversation that he might have been on the plane on the air uh, helicopter as well. Right. Um, I think it's important that we say for anyone that's just joining us, uh, if you'd have to be living under a rock to not know this, but it's possible that you don't. Yesterday, uh, shortly before ten o'clock in the morning, uh, Kobe Bryant, along with his daughter and seven other people, um, were involved in a helicopter crash that claimed all of their lives uh yesterday was just a i (laughs) it's weird to have to be the person to talk about this i felt chills go through my body Mm. just as i said it just now um a uh as i was saying on the morning beat you could not have told like i'm not a sports person right um i like admire the lakers because they're you know this great team i admire the warriors because i'm from the bay area and they're so great but like I don't have like a whole bunch of connection to these teams, but like Kobe Bryant has been a, f- a public figure in my life since I was in high school. Right. And uh, you could not have told me that, um, A, that this would happen, but B, that it would feel the way that it felt yesterday. I, I was kind of paralyzed yesterday. Mm. Like I um, was saying on the morning beat, I would have been like on a FaceTime phone call with some of my best friends for like an hour and something like that. And like, we got off the phone and I got a text message from my ex saying like, is Kobe dead? And I thought, girl, what? Mm. Like, you know? And so like I hopped online and I started looking like what is going on? And like, I was just so jarred by it. And, um, I immediately called my friends back and was like, Oh my God, have you guys heard about this? Um, this is definitely one of those moments where I think, you will always remember where you were. Yeah, when I was. You heard the yep, news. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with big, big, shocking news like this, you're always going to every year. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh my god, Kobe yeah. Bryant died. I remember where I was. I remember how I heard. Well, and in the break between uh, the morning beat and starting our show, we were talking with Michaela and Justin Martindale, talking about like what this brings back and like I remember the first time a celebrity died and like it had an impact on me I was a kid when Elizabeth when um, Princess Diana died and I remember like being glued to the television I can remember this on screen graphics I can remember the anchors like I can remember the images and like that kind of thing stays with you and yesterday felt like one of those days where it was just like 
I there was not enough that I could consume about it. I just wanted to know more. I wanted to hear what yeah. people were saying. No, like, it definitely was one of those days where there's just kind of a black cloud over everything that you're doing. Yeah. And it's one of those things where even if you don't know him personally, like you and I ne- didn't meet him, we didn't yeah. know him personally, uh, neither of us necessarily followed his career. I wasn't, I've never been a big basketball yeah. person. Um, but also going, because I, you know, I walked over to, you know, where everybody was kind of gathering on Las Virginis. It was very close to you. Yeah, it was like right down the street. And so I went there and to see other people who he who idolized him and who did grow up loving him and mm-hmm. and who were so affected and crying. Like and basketball fans, you know, some like big dudes that yeah. were like, you know, you for all intents and purposes say that they were very like, you know, kind of hard guys. Mm-hmm. Like crying yeah and in their kobe jerseys it was just so emotional i texted my dad and realized that he might be in church and i was like have you heard about kobe and like he didn't respond and i called him Mm -hmm. and he didn't answer and he texted me back he was like no i'm in church what's up and i'm like i have to say this to him Mm -hmm. you know and i texted him and sent him the article and he was like no 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 like yeah yeah, I know. It's and you know that we're learning more about some of the other people that were in the helicopter. Obviously, there were nine people that died yesterday. It's important that we talk about uh, some of the other lives that were lost too. Yeah, Kobe's um, had a regular pilot that he worked with all the time, and um, friends and family that were also on the helicopter with him. So, uh, we will continue to cover this throughout the day. We are efforting some um, guests that can come in and talk a little bit about what happened. We have some uh, great clips of people's responses. Um, also, we've got a lot more things coming up on the. Show. Show, though uh, last night was the Grammys which oddly enough was in the house that Kobe built yeah. hours after he passed away so we'll talk about how they covered that and the history that was made at the Grammys last night also impeachment has gotten even more interesting I've been telling you for months like mm-hmm. the unknown is probably what's going to be the most interesting some of those unknowns have come up again this weekend we have so much more coming up you're listening to drop the subject on the drop the subject the new channel Q <sighs> Hearts and heads hang heavy today. Horrible news. About 24 hours ago, a little over 24 hours ago, we found out that Kobe Bryant and eight others were killed in a horrible helicopter crash in Calabasas area. Hasn't even been 24 hours yet. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I'm just, we'll keep you apprised of all updates. One of the uh, small updates that we're getting now is that the helicopter pilot was given clearance to fly under worse than normal conditions, according to some audio that they've been able to go over. And I was, I was hiking on Saturday, and we went to you know the top of whatever mountain, and we were looking out, and I was like, man, it is really foggy, and it yeah. was like three three thirty. Usually, it burns off by that point. And I took a picture just because I was like, man, this is really more than usual. And so all weekend, the weather had been really crummy, mm-hmm. and. And, and then, you know, I was talking to them on the morning beat about this earlier, but uh, to know that it, cr- like, I just, I'm really curious as to how low this helicopter was flying because those hills are not very high off the ground. Yeah. And if the helicopter was going that low, I mean, I'm just, I don't know why I'll, it would be flying that low. I'll tell you, like, on the internet, there is video of the crash um, that. I'm sure it's horrific to watch. I've yeah, not seen it. Um, I saw that that was there too. I've 
so like I'm sure that they will be able to kind of reference that video to be able to kind of in the investigation um, the federal officials who've been coming in to like investigate what exactly happened um, yesterday uh, Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva gave a, a press conference in the afternoon um, and they were asked about whether or not the helicopter had um, well, I think it was later in a conference they asked if there was a black box on this kind of helicopter where they'd be able to get more information. Um, and at the time, the person that was speaking wasn't really sure. So um, we'll also kind of look to that for information about what's going to be happening. Also, want to let you know a little bit later on in the show at noon, uh, right at noon, we're going to have a moment of silence. Um, all of our stations across the country will be taking one minute and eight seconds to acknowledge uh, Kobe Bryant's death. Um, and it's just it's it's really really crazy to imagine if you're just joining us um we're talking about kobe bryant having passed away yesterday in a, in a horrific helicopter accident um a total of nine people including his daughter and some friends um ali you went yesterday to a church service um where they were like was right across the street i believe from yes the, yeah the well because i had walked uh down, you know, down the street to go see what was going on and, you know, talk to a couple people. And then later on in the evening, because we were looking, we were watching the news coverage like everybody else mm-hmm. was. And they said, OK, you know, Church of the Canyon is a small Presbyterian church right uh, literally across the, the street from where the crash happened. Uh, they're going to be holding a small prayer service. And we were like, we should def- I want to go to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we walked and I mean, just walking through the neighborhood is was weird because it's such a quiet neighborhood and there were so many people there. Mm-hmm. But then it was still so quiet. So the energy is very... Yeah, yeah. it was very dense and very, I mean, just really, really quiet, but with a lot of people there. And so we went to the, the church service... And it was it was not very long. It was just, you know, it wasn't a huge, huge crowd or anything, but it was a really meaningful moment. And I'm really, really appreciative that I got to go to that. And one of the most impactful things that the pastor said I wanted to share with you guys here, um, he made some really in- incredible comments about um, just how you can how these moments allow us to relish in the meaningfulness of our own lives. Take a listen. But I want you to know that God is going to make every day of your life meaningful. And that God who makes even your worst days meaningful, dear friends, has put such meaning on the very idea of life. And you, dear friends, have today to live. Live it in light of eternity. Live it in light of God's goodness. Live it. Embrace the tears and the sorrow in the morning of losing a friend, a mentor, a role model, an inspiration, a great, great man, and those dear kids and the pilot and so many others. What I wanted to do tonight before yes, we close this fade it strange down there, Jesse, but it was, <clears throat> it was just really, I, I thought what he said about making your life meaningful was so important because it's and we talked about a little bit about this during crosstalk about you know these things happen and it makes you so grateful that you have life and that you have your friends and your family with you and healthy like i woke up this morning and i was like somebody's waking up without their dad today well that's uh, an important point and i justin martindale read this uh in the last uh, hour and i shared this yesterday because I saw it on Instagram um, from Dr. Holly Carter, and she was saying, leaving your home and getting back safely is such an underrated blessing. Yeah. And I spent so much time yesterday thinking about Kobe got up this morning and took a shower, probably, and, you know, 
probably put on something and had you know breakfast with his family or with his daughter and was like all right let's head out Mm because we got this game or whatever like you know what i mean and like Vanessa was expecting her husband and her her daughter to come back and probably have dinner or maybe going to an event for the Grammy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many variables of things. Or, like, even worse, like, maybe they had an argument that morning yeah. or whatever it is and, like, you don't get to say goodbye. I just, I kept thinking about Vanessa all day yesterday and just, like, how devastating this must be. Yeah, and the kids. I and mean, they having have lose, a, a newborn that lose, was born yeah, in June. To lose your dad and your sister in one day, I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, but we are learning more about some of the other people who are in that helicopter as well. And I just wanted to play one more clip for you before we get into break here, uh, because Christina Mauser was somebody else who was on that helicopter and uh, his uh, her husband. She was a basketball coach and just loved by many, many people. And her husband, Matt, uh, spoke out about uh, losing his wife. Keeping it together until you said her name. Now I'm starting to to lose it again. But uh, I'm I guess I'm doing as good as we can expect. You know, it's um, just horrible. It's horrible. Um, so, you know, I got three small kids and uh, trying to figure out how to navigate life with with three kids and no mom. Something that someone said to me yesterday um, was to to die in this way with your child and to like have this horrible moment happening as an air, as a helicopter is going down and like to see your scared child oh and probably God. to see your scared parent like i i th- that i th- that is kind of like those feelings the the feeling of imagining that moment and, and moments so helpless, yes right? and feeling like there's nothing i can do i yeah. can see what's ahead of us and there's nothing i can do um part of this job <sighs> is having to cover these really difficult moments and part of these part of this job is also having to be able to bring other things to you to think about throughout the day to make it a little bit easier or to also bring you different information of things that are, are going on. So when we come back, um, we've got to update you on some of the other things that are going on. But we'll be talking about Kobe Bryant and his passing throughout the day. Uh, and as we said, at noon Pacific time, three o'clock Eastern, we'll have a moment of silence uh, right at the top of the hour. So drop the subjects. Come right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, drop the subject with Jarrett and Allie. Hanging with you today is a sad day as we, uh, you know, remember Kobe Bryant and the lives that were lost yesterday in the horrible helicopter crash. And then also just some crazy impeachment stuff that's been going on over the weekend. And it's tough to keep up with all of it. But Jarrett, you manage. This is crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Oh, wait, is this crazy impeachment stuff? I'm here is some crazy impeachment stuff. This would be the crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. I think I guess we should probably get into some crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Listen, I got one week left. I'm going to enjoy that as much as I can. Uh, I know. Well, oh, also, I should just quickly say that this week we are going to highlight some of Jarrett Hill's most memorable moving on, moments on the show. Moving on, we're going to uh, talk on. about how Mitt Romney... <laughs> Yes, you love I don't, it. I was going to say, Allie, I don't know what you're pulling together, so mm. I'm just going to be defensive for the rest of the week. <laughs> um, Air on the side of defensiveness. Exactly, I, I yeah. like it. You've learned well. Um, over the weekend, things got interesting. As I said before, we have <laughs> been talking a lot here about the unknowns of impeachment are probably what's going to keep this interesting. And they continue. Uh, last week, we told you about Lev Parnas coming out with that recording of Donald Trump uh, talking about firing the uh, Ukrainian ambassador, uh, Maria Ivanovich, we saw it speak at um, one of the impeachment hearings uh, a couple of months ago. Um, 
what got more interesting even than that was John Bolton. You might remember John Bolton is a former White House um, national security advisor, and he left the White House last year. He, <laughs> I always love this, uh, John Bolton was quoted as having said that he didn't want to be involved in whatever this drug deal was. Uh, talking about Ukraine. Um, and like when John Bolton left, it there was a lot of conversation around like why exactly he was leaving as opposed to what they were saying about why he was leaving because I, I rarely ever believe like when they, there's like a resignation like oh, I'm spending want to spend more time with my family nobody likes their family that much no 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 this was a period where everybody was like resigning yeah. or le- it was like retiring a lot earlier than expected right and there was never any clarity on what was actually going on well that and like John Bolton had like said a couple of things before that kind of suggested that he wasn't here with the S word. So uh, John Bolton, uh, you might remember a couple of weeks ago, said that he would testify if the Senate subpoenaed him. Um, and so we've been kind of waiting like... So Where's what, the subpoenas? So what y'all gonna do, girl? Like, yeah. what you gonna do, bitch? And so um, we're waiting on that, but John Bolton has also been writing a book. That manuscript has uh, surfaced, if you will, uh, from the New York Times over the weekend. And it says in this manuscript, now before I say what's in the manuscript, John Bolton's team has come back and said, we submitted a draft of the manuscript to the White House for, you know, facts sake. That's, and all that that's what I was going to say. Yeah. 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 Um, and like now it has come out in the New York Times and in the in the documentation of the manuscript um, that that has come out, he says that Donald Trump told me he was holding the Ukrainian aid until the Ukrainian people, uh, the Ukrainian government announced these investigations, yeah. which could not be more damning, right? Yeah, and I know that Adam Schiff, like, because they were asking him about it, and he was like, to be clear, we kind of already knew this information. It's just another person saying it. Sure. But this is the the first-hand account that so many Republicans are always asking for, right? Yeah. Well, what, no one, did, did anybody have first-hand knowledge? Yes, he did, and well, he's saying that and that's like, what Trump happened. And, like, Trump supporter Dave... On on the phone with us, love him as I do, was saying like, well, we still don't have any first person accounts. And I was like, Lev Parnas said I. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. I did X. And this I is even that. more of that. Exactly. Like, to be clear, like John Bolton is the national security advisor in the White House. Right. Like he works with the president, you know, seemingly on, the, on a daily basis uh, when he was in the White House. What's gotten interesting about this is this morning, a headline coming from CNN's uh, live updates of the impeachment says Romney wants Bolton to testify and says it's increasingly likely more GOP senators will join him. And so... Oh, Romney. I mean, we hey. only need four. Like, look who got a backbone. Um, but look like, for him. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. We've got more impeachment updates coming on throughout the day because just as we came on the air, the president's defense team came on um, beginning their uh, second day of testimony or uh, presentations, I should say. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got more um, drop the subject. We didn't do it. Are we good? Uh, it's not impeachable. Are we good? Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Drop the Subject continues with Allie and Jarrett. Sometimes I'm really glad that the mics aren't on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Allie, you you sent out an email this morning. Before we do that, uh, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to have a moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. We're going to keep you updated on that. Also, impeachment continues. And the Grammys we have to talk about. we got to talk about the Grammys. We've got so much more stuff to talk about um, throughout the show. So want to let you know. But like, we have a, a few minutes here. And Ali, you found this thing that's saying like being busy is not an excuse. What does that mean? Well, so this weekend, I didn't really do much. I wasn't planning on doing much. Same girl. Because, I, I mean, we've been going, going, going even since. We were looking at our calendar. We were like, it's been since November 
that we have been like since November, we've been traveling to this place and that place. And then finally, this weekend was like our first weekend in a long time where we weren't doing anything. I have to say, you guys have been running so hard that I'm exhausted thinking about all yes. the stuff that you And so we, were, we gave each other a pact. We're not doing anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. If somebody invites us, even just a little gathering. No. No. The answer is no. And technically, when you give an excuse as to why you can't go to something, if I if I don't have plans, I technically don't have an excuse. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting. I ran into this article about why saying I'm too busy is not an acceptable excuse to get out of something. But the reason why is fascinating because we use the the three word I'm too busy excuse all the time as like a a great unifier. Okay, great. I'm I'm sorry. I'm really busy. Oh, no problem. You know, easy, easy way to get out of something. But it's usually not true. There's Mm. usually some underlying reason why you either don't want to do the thing or you can't do the thing. And what this article says, which I find fascinating, is that once we get rid of I'm too busy, you are actually forced to give the real reason. And why can't we give the real reason? Hey, I have been just... Too t- I'm, I'm sorry, I've injured myself, I'm not doing anything this weekend, I'm not going. I completely disagree with this. Really? Oh, absolutely. You want to just give, I'm too busy? I don't have to give busy? you an explanation. No, I'm not saying you, you can just say I can't make it, but just get doing the I'm too busy is sort of a cop-out excuse. Oh, I mean, I because I, I guess I'm too busy is almost an explanation, but not an explanation. Right. It's like a half explanation. I don't think that's what you're talking about, which is just saying, like, I don't need to give you a reason. I can, I'm not going. I'm not going. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's supporting this theory. I see what of, you're saying. Okay. Let's get rid yeah, yeah, yeah. of the I'm too busy and just be honest. And say, like, I don't want to go. I'm not going to go yeah. because I don't want to go. I'm too tired. I did something last weekend. Love and kisses. I want to binge watch Cheer. <laughs> and will and I'm gonna eat cheesy fries. I couldn't go to a thing on on Saturday that I'd planned on going to because I just was not feeling like okay. And I was I did end up binge watching Cheer, and I felt bad that I didn't go to the thing. But I told them like, hey, can't be there. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Or just say I don't feel good. You know what? I don't really feel like going out tonight. Yeah. So get rid of the excuses, people. Don't say you're too busy. And stop explaining yourself. Stop. Ex- Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. That is Allie. And uh, it's Monday. We're going to get into the Monday Munch report a little bit later. I had just made Monday myself. Monday Munchin' already. Well, I was about to. And then Jesse's like, 10 seconds. I was yeah. like, can I just get like another few minutes, please? <laughs> um, don't know if you heard about this happening last night. The Grammys happened last mm-hmm. night. Um, one of the things that I, I thought within like the first few minutes of Kobe dying was that, or being, it being announced that Kobe had um, been in this accident, was like, oh, the Grammys are in his house tonight. See, yeah, I didn't realize, I mean, I guess I always knew that the Grammys was at Stable Center, but I didn't connect those two. And then they were like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, I was watching the red carpet stuff. And this was before we walked over to that church and stuff. So I didn't really watch the actual Grammys, but I was watching the pre- the Mm -hmm. pre-show coverage and they were like oh yeah you know the the last time you know like what's good about the Grammy about the people you know that are planning the Grammys they're really good at adapting when stuff like this happens and the last big adjustment they had to make was when Whitney Whitney Houston Houston died and I was like oh yeah she died the day before the the Grammys and then I was like oh my god wait they're at the Staples Center and then I was like 
God, this is going to be a really, really tough night for a lot of people. So the way that my brain, my brain is always thinking about logistics of how things happen. And also like with award shows, I'm always thinking about the host beforehand. Mind you, the Grammys, very rarely do I enjoy like Grammy hosts. I think James Corden did a good job. I think Rose O'Donnell back in the day used to do a good job. I think Ellen used to do it. But like the Grammys loves to have like a musician host and I never liked that. Well, I never thought LL Cool J was a great host. He was awful and I love LL Cool J. Yeah, I do too. And usually Alicia Keys I'm like fine with but she kind of bores me. Yeah. But she was very appropriate for this. I See, I... Okay. I have mixed feelings about that. But yes, I will say that it, it... it's a difficult thing to like make any kind of major changes to a huge show like that. But um, last night was a, a pretty. They did. A, I think they did a nice job of acknowledging the moment. Um, and there were two different moments where Kobe was highlighted at the very beginning, and also during the Nipsey Hustle. A tribute that I thought was a, they did a really beautiful job of tributing um, Nipsey Hussle. But. Yeah, so this is what Alicia Keys said right upon the opening. Earlier today, Los Angeles, America, and the whole wide world lost a hero. And we're literally standing here heartbroken in the house that Kobe Bryant built. And then she brings out boys to men and the, yeah and then they sing something that sounds okay but definitely thrown together at the last minute right. you can kind of see and tell but then it's like do you not do something oh, well, i mean you, you gotta to. do yeah. something and if it's a little rough around the edges so be it yeah lizzo was the opening performer of the night and she started off her performance by saying this one's for you kobe mm-hmm. um and she went into her performance and i i've been saying this like again and again i don't know anyone who's had a better year than than lizzo um maybe Billie eilish but like uh, lizzo's been having a fantastic year uh and she won i believe the first award of the night um was it pop song that she won last night i think so she got up and gave a Emmy really nom something so you can give us yeah. the answers <laughs> um uh she gave this really really beautiful speech I want to say, you know, this whole week, you know, I'll be lost in my problems, stressed out, and then in an instant, all of that can go away and your priorities really shift. And today, all of my little problems that I thought were big as the world were gone, and I realized that there's people hurting right now, and you guys create beautiful music. You guys create connectivity. And as I'm speaking to all of y'all in this room, we need to continue to reach out. This is the beginning of making music that moves people again, making music that feels good, that liberates people. Yay. She always says things that make me feel so nice. Yeah, I think Lizzo, um, what's one of the things that I really appreciate about her as an artist and as a person is that she, she often talks about, you know, the difficulty of like being a person battling depression. And I feel like for so long, and I can even relate to this personally, for so long the image of depression has been like being underneath the covers with the curtains drawn and crying all day. And like that is not how depression has looked for me. And I think people can see in Lizzo like, oh, this is what depression on a person can look like. And I just thought it was so beautiful that she talked about how like I have all of these things in my mind that are like the worst things in the world and I, there's nothing that could be worse and then this happened this morning with Kobe and it like it put everything into perspective for me. Well yeah, I mean these things do bring people together and it helps you think about and realize the things that you are the most grateful for Absolutely. and it's things like this. Yeah. You know, it's moments like this that really bring the community together and also m- she's completely right about music bringing people together and music being a place of community and it 
like when you hear a great song like yeah. the like the album that Lizzo put out, that's what makes music great. Well, I also thought Demi Lovato had one of the best moments of the night last night. I tweeted, Demi Lovato just did what Kesha thought she did last year. <laughs> I thought Kesha was awful. And, and what like, Selena oh Gomez God, knows so she great. didn't do. Like, oh my God. But yeah. Kesha, uh, Demi Lovato's had a really difficult year with uh, addiction and, overdose, and, yeah. and substance abuse and um, going into a rehab uh, and she came out and began this song and started crying almost immediately and like paused and asked for, to start over um, and I just thought her song was so beautiful and like raw and honest um, this is a little bit of that a hundred million stories and a hundred million songs I feel stupid when I sing nobody's listening to me But they always get it wrong I feel stupid when I pray So why am I praying anyway If nobody's listening Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch that entire thing Because she, I saw her do the false start yeah. And I can't imagine what it's like to have to take a lot of time away to yeah. work on yourself and then to come back and on such a big stage well I whenever there's a false start I'm always like side eyeing it because like I love Adele but Adele has bombed multiple Grammy performances yeah. and like I always cringe when there's a false start but in this moment I thought it was just such a beautiful She's like, like oh, honest moment. oh sorry hold on I well like <laughs> she was doing like a George Michael tribute and I was like this is really bad <laughs> yeah Adele. yeah um, but yeah I thought it was just such a good moment um, and I, I love in her song she says I'm praying but why am I praying I feel like nobody listening yeah. and I feel like so many people can relate to that feeling so uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we got more of the highlights of the Grammys plus uh, impeachments Kobe Bryant's and so much more don't go anywhere drop the subjects coming right back drop the subject the new channel Q Drop the Subject is back. We are all the way live. I'm Jarek. That is Allie. We are in the middle of uh, yesterday's Grammys, um, last night's Grammys, mm -hmm. uh, which was, you know, kind of had the cloud of Kobe Bryant hanging over it and literally the jerseys of Kobe Bryant hanging over them. Um, and uh, it was a... It was quite a night for Billie Eilish, um, who made history, yeah. sweeping all of the major categories. It's always nice to see someone a whole lot younger than you holding tons of Grammys in her arms. Makes you feel Too many Grammys. She couldn't even carry all of them. Her yeah. brother had to hold some of the other ones. I, and he had no problem doing it. He's a little weird. Um, I remember, <laughs> I do remember like Beyonce like winning, like I don't know which album it was. It might have mm -hmm. been Deja Vu, but like the picture, whenever, because every few years there's one of those artists who yeah. has like... Their arms are like out and they're just like lined yes. with Grammys. Or when like Michael Phelps won all of those gold medals yeah, and there was yeah. that picture of him with all of the medals and right. you're like, yeah, I'm doing okay. And you're sitting on the couch eating pizza. And you're like, I I'm fine. I'm doing great with this. <laughs> um, but she had, uh, there was one moment that everybody was talking about because I think she had already been winning and then I can't remember which category it was. It was but the she last was, one. She was mouthing the words, don't let it be me or please don't oh. be me. Oh, Oh, no, okay. Because, like, the last time she won, her and her brother came back out on stage and they were just like, Thanks. thank you. <laughs> and like left but like uh, when Lizzo won at the beginning of the night uh, the uh, like again I think it was like pop song or something that she won um, like they have like the split screen of all the mm -hmm. nominees and she's like please be Beyonce please be Beyonce please be Beyonce and they say Lizzo and she's like oh no! my god 
uh, and she was backstage because she had just performed. And so it was uh, it, it was kind of interesting to watch them. Billy had a really nice acceptance speech last night. Let's take a listen. Whoa, wow, 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 wow. Oh my God, so many other songs deserve this. I'm sorry. I thank you so much. Um, this is my first Grammys. I never thought this would ever happen in my whole life. Um, I grew up watching them. And this is my brother, Phineas, and he's my best friend. Um, Hi. I feel like I I joke around a lot and I never take anything seriously at these kind of things, but I genuinely want to say I'm so grateful and I only want to say that I'm grateful and that I'm so honored to be here amongst all of you. I love you to my core. I grew up watching all of you. So it's really nice to see her express emotion, Mm -hmm. I will say, just from my own perspective. I feel like every time I see her, she's like, hi. Duh. Duh. (laughs) Yeah, this is really fun. Thank you. The performance. When you yeah. My name, that was actually just her doing an interview, that song. <laughs> so to have her be like, oh my God, this yeah. is crazy. You're like, whoa, she's bringing to life. How excited. This is exciting yeah. for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't realize that she was so very like Angelina close to her brother. Um, Was she sleeping with him? I don't know about that, but like I wouldn't be surprised if they had the vials of blood. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear a lot of things about them in like five, ten years about (laughs) this period in their lives. There's something weird about that. But anyway, um, I thought that the Nipsey Hustle tribute with uh, DJ Khaled and like they had a bunch of different artists that came out and did that, that um, John Legend was there. And he got a posthumous Grammy. Posthumous, yeah, yeah. And like he, I thought it was just like a, such a beautifully done tribute. Um, and I, I just really loved the way that they handled that because I thought like the Kobe tribute with Alicia singing, didn't love that. <laughs> the um, Prince tribute with Usher performing Prince, didn't love that. Oh yeah, and I, I didn't was like, see that one yet. Listen, this is the third black icon that we're going to be celebrating tonight that uh, died. Do not screw this uh-huh. up. And they did a really beautiful job. <laughs> oh, that's job. good. Um, you mentioned, and I, I want to get to this in, in a second about the, like, the theme of family, but I also want to acknowledge for like everyday listeners that are not like within the industry the grammys are going through a really difficult period right now with their leadership right. and like having lost their president and uh, getting a woman that came in because of the previous president saying like if women want to like have a, a space at the grammys they need to step up um then a woman came into that position and was like making a lot of chances changes and they ousted her it's like it's a very controversial time for the grammys um and so that was kind of also looming in the room and like i i couldn't help but think of that but you were uh, pointing out family yeah well it's just it's weird when you see a specific theme because you're like did everyone chat with each other and say like okay hey, i'm bringing my dad like, are you bringing your text? dad i'm yeah. doing i'm singing a song about my dad it was there was this whole theme of family which mm-hmm. i made me happy because i always wonder you know, like when, when um, what's her name? Uh, who won for Killing Eve? Why am I blanking on Sandra her name? O. Yes, when Sandra O Great won and she had her. Right, I just think it's so amazing and touching to have your family there with you for that moment. Like, significant others, okay, yeah, great, that's awesome. But somebody who was there with you from the very beginning, yeah. since your birth, and then having this iconic moment, and then to have your parents there, like, I'm glad that that is happening more because it was a really touching thing to see. Like, Tyler, the creator, had his yeah. mom on. Yeah. It was great. He also had a wig on. That was awful. Um, but, yeah, I was. <laughs> Maybe it was a tribute to his mom. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We got to take a quick break. When we come back, that wig would not be a tribute to that mom. (laughs) That wig was awful. Um, We got to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for News It or Lose It. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject is back, and it is time for Democracy to Reign once again here, because Ali... 
you are the candidate. Mm. I am the voter, and mm-hmm. the people are going to have to do the suffering. So, um, I this is where Ali is going to give us three headlines. I will vote for the ones that I want and the ones that I don't want. I will lose or I will lose. Ali, I'm buying some time here because we're having some computer <laughs> okay. issues. Uh, no, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. All right. Headline number one: 94% of millennials say this is their number one life goal, and it is not career or love. Ooh, I like that. All right. That's interesting. Headline number two, here's the average amount of real work a person does in one workday. <laughs> You're saying this to people who are on the radio for a living. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> do it, yes. And then headline number three, big changes are coming to your credit score. Ooh. Oh. Uh, l- kidding. News it. That's wow. a three for three. Congratulations. I got a three for three. Play it, Jesse. Wait, Jesse's the new the producer. He's like, what's happening? Hit number three. three. Hit, it. hit it. Hit it. Number uh-huh. You're about to see. <laughs> I was like, I. I'm gonna keep doing this until three. It's coming right on back. That's the number. That's the number. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject is back. Uh, We kind of threw off uh, our visiting producer Jesse. He was like, "What is this three? What are you guys talking about?" We're like, "Play the music." No, don't, don't do it now. Don't do it now. (laughs) Now, Um, I love that he just reaches over. Right, right, right. So much control. (laughs) I'm also having Jesse more fart noises. I'm also having like an A. SMR moment in the studio with my I found mm-hmm. my fidget spinner can you guys hear this are you purposely eating into my news it or lose it stories oh sorry go <laughs> okay. I'll just be over here fidget spinning okay millennial what is your number one life goal because this this first news it or lose it story is what 94% of millennials are saying their number one life goal is if it's 94% of millennials my guess is that they're that they want to happiness okay it's not that we don't care about happiness. Really? We don't care about our career. We 94%? don't care about love. Our number one goal is social media followings. No, no I'm just kidding. I'm, oh I'm my totally God, kidding. I was going to drop it. <laughs> it's to be free of debt. Oh, that yeah. That is the goal. 67% of millennials say financial stress comprises their ability to focus and be productive at work. And the average millennial has about $42,000 of debt. So millennials in that age bracket are basically just little genies shackled into the lamp of student loans. What's going to make that more interesting is election time. Because of how many of these candidates are talking about eliminating student loan debt and all that kind of stuff, that could be a very energizing piece of data for Mm. uh, the electorate. That'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. It says almost a quarter report that financial stress causes them to feel physically ill on a weekly or monthly basis. Yeah, that's real. 68% report that debt has had a negative impact on relationships that they've had with significant others, colleagues, and friends. Definitely. All right. How much do you think, speaking of it being distracting and not helping you work, how much do you think employees actually work on any given workday? Oh, like out of eight hours? Out of a regular, good old-fashioned American eight-hour day. I would say four hours. You're very close. Am I? Yes, but you're over. Really? I was going to say three hours. That's ridiculous. According to new research, the most salaried employees only do about three hours of of real work every single day. And demanding longer work hours decreases rather than increases the number of hours that they actually work. So this is a point in our column about the four-day work week. If you're doing four days with longer days, you're going to put in more work. No, you're going to get less is what they're saying. Okay, shut up, Jared. Trying to make... (laughs) But but there was a study that was done Why that said people are more productive. <laughs> X nay on the or day work 
were fake. Ixnay on the Latin. I don't it, know it what Latin. I'm saying. How does that work? Your credit score could be changing. <laughs> Here's your final story on News It or Lose It. It could go up or down. FICO has announced that their latest version of the FICO score, which is of course the three-digit credit score that you're so used to hearing about, especially if you subscribe to emails on Credit Karma, the new scoring model will take consumers' debt levels into account and will more closely track personal loans. So, if you're one of those 94% of millennials who are dying to be debt-free, congratulations, your credit score could be going down because of those loans. Thank you so much to the wonderful people over at FICO. Thank you. You can fike off. Oh, that's a good place to say goodbye. Okay, bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Uh, as we've been talking about all morning, um, it has been a difficult day for many uh, here in Los Angeles, around the country, and around the world. Uh, having learned yesterday that shortly before 10 o'clock in the morning, Kobe Bryant, along with eight other people, um, passed away in a helicopter crash here in Southern California. Uh, in just a few minutes, uh, we, along with every other station here in the Los Angeles area, will be taking a minute and eight seconds of silence to acknowledge uh, Kobe Bryant and the eight other people who were lost yesterday in that uh, helicopter crash. I wanted to just name the people because I think that so much of this is about Kobe Bryant and then also his daughter, Gianna. Um, but there were eight other, th- there were other, seven other people that passed away. Children, too. Children involved as well. Yeah. So obviously Kobe Bryant passed away his daughter uh her name was gianna maria i believe it's honore bryant um there was a, a family um that was the altobelli family there were john altobelli carrie altobelli and Alyssa altobelli Alyssa was one of uh, gianna's teammates um and uh John was actually a coach that uh, was, uh, he was a baseball coach. Um, and um, he and his wife, Carrie, were on the helicopter yesterday with um, with everyone. And they uh, passed away. Peyton and Sarah Chester uh, were on the flight as well. Um, Peyton was a student at St. Margaret's Episcopal School in San Juan Capistrano, California. And he played for the Mamba's girls basketball team alongside Gianna as well. Um, and uh, they she she did right? she, she did she excuse did, me yeah. yes um, and uh, they say Peyton Chester previously attended Harborview Elementary School here in Corona Del Mar um, also Ara Zobayan I believe is the name was the pilot of the helicopter um, that caught other uh, that taught other aspiring pilots how to fly and was very much loved in the aviation community um, and uh, uh, one of the flight students of Zobayan uh, Darren Kemp told the Los Angeles Times that he was considered Bryant's uh, Kobe Bryant's private pilot. Yeah, as we talked about before, Kobe would use this helicopter quite a bit and to I think fly he would to only games. Use Ari. I, I'm not sure about that, but I know That's, that there, there must I know be a small I read list that, of people. Yeah, that he only like he. I mean, I'm sure he event he sometimes you had to use other pilots, but yeah. I think that was his go to guy. Is it Ara or that in the SF Gate story that I'm I'm reading this from? Um, it's Ara. It's a- Ara. A- oh, okay. A R A. So Ara is a buy-in. So, um, it's just a. It's a really, really tragic moment for so many families. I think uh, so many of us are talking about Vanessa and uh, Kobe, but also there are other families that have been impacted by this incredible tragedy. Well, and with the Altabelli family, I mean, John, Carrie, uh, those are the parents, and then their daughter, Alyssa, and then they also have a son and another son and a daughter. 
So who don't have parents who now. don't have parents and don't have a sister. So I mean, there are so many, especially when it's just young lives lost. You just, I mean, your heart breaks for families like this. I can't imagine waking up one morning and not having your parents and your sister I, and figuring out how the hell you're supposed to go on with your life. My dad told me um, he texted me uh, just a little bit ago saying that he woke up at four thirty this morning and the first thing he thought about was their family. Oh, yeah, and I don't know how you wake up without your child without your significant other without your parents um i don't know what that feels like and people lose their lives every single day around the world for various different reasons but this is one of those moments where we know some of the people involved and Mm -hmm. we have like a a connection to them no matter how strong or how weak that connection might have been but like it's it's impacting everyone today and and i think at, at the very very least i think this is a moment to remember to like call someone and tell them that you love them yeah to let them know that you appreciate them yeah um, i definitely did that and i think it's it's one of those mornings where waking up is no no fun at yeah. all i mean you're waking up and you're like oh, all i want to do is go back to sleep yeah. if you're those people i yeah. mean i mean but so many different uh people have been affected by this it's crazy so the nine names of the people that we lost yesterday kobe bryant gianna marie honore bryant john altabelli carrie altabelli Alyssa altabelli peyton chester sarah chester christina mauser and ara zabayan right now our station is going to take a quick moment of silence and acknowledge uh, the life of kobe bryant uh we will be back on the other side of the hour we thank you for tuning in Drop the subject to new Channel Q. Let's take this moment together. <sighs> Drop the subject. Allie and Jarrett uh, just coming off of a moment of silence across all intercom stations here in Southern California. And you could, I mean, I just walked uh, a little bit in the halls and the I mean, building. it definitely went beyond a moment of silence. Absolutely. I mean, it is, you can feel it. It's very palpable in this building and I'm sure in a lot of buildings and houses today. And, um, you know, I really just encourage people to do something that makes you happy today. It makes you feel comfy, cozy, get a nice, you know, comfort food, something to kind of give you the comfort that, you know, you're probably craving today. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I, I've said before, like, I really hate crying on the air. Um, not even from like a being emotional kind of thing, because like, I don't care about that so much. But like, crying is one of those things that's really hard to control. And like, being on the, being life on the air, it's like, un- it's really uncomfortable. Um, but like, a bit of a peek behind the curtain so like we're here doing our moment of silence but we are on about of a minute delay so like in the minute that we are we did it a minute before everyone else so that you guys would get it on time and so like we're all sitting here silent and like i just felt like the tears starting Mm. and like then i really did start to cry and all of us kind of like went out of the studio and like everyone's walking around the building kind of like like we're at a funeral and so i went into the wave studio and they were still in the minute because they're a minute behind us oh um and so they were in their minute of silence and so i walked into the studio and everyone's just kind of standing there silently and they also played the same song after the moment and like they were playing time of your life on k-rock which was really heartbreaking not, not a good call like no no i hope I you had the time oh, I hope oh you had the time that song your, yeah really it's really too. yeah it's gut-wrenching um and like just everyone was like we all just kind of hugged and like Mm. cried and like it's just again like i again i don't have like a super close connection to kobe bryant but like i can't help but think about the families and talking with pat prescott who's on at the wave she was saying um 
the coach that I named that passed away, uh, John Altabelli, he was a baseball coach. Yeah. And they start baseball, like, for kids. They start the seasons. They don't have a coach. And uh, I believe John and Carrie's kids, I believe they have other kids other than Alyssa that passed away. Yeah, they do. Who don't have parents now. Yeah. And it just... It was a very emotional um, feeling here throughout the whole building. Yeah, and I think it's important to note, um, you know, when I went to that that church service last night, the pastor mentioned thanking and praying for the many uh, reporters and journalists that that cover this type yeah. of stuff. Because I think it's, it's always, of course, important to acknowledge the victims and the victims' families and the people who knew them, but also the people that I mean these are not easy days for people who work in this type of field and it's really really rough and it's something that you know I just give so many props to the people up at KNX and like people like yourself Jared that cover these stories in depth and uh, we're going to be talking to Randy Cardoon from KNX a little bit later he's the uh, the sports the sports guy upstairs he's great and we're going to kind of talk about some of Kobe Bryant's um, amazing accomplishments throughout his basketball career so just props to them appreciating what you're saying about the journalists like the journalists are often the people who they are get there right after the first responders do. Yeah. And see awful things, hear awful things, yeah. have to ask awful questions. I and know, get and awful do it answers. over and over again. I mean, we Every were walking through, day. all the news vans are there. They're yeah. all going to be there all night long. Everyone's exhausted. You know, the pastor's bringing everyone coffee and water. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a community effort, but it is something that you're like, no one's going home yeah. anytime, anytime soon. Anytime soon. Yeah. Um, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to update you on what's happening over in Congress as uh, the president's impeachment trial continues in the Senate. Drop the subject. Coming right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject with Jarrett and Allie. Uh, We have so much going on. I know. (laughs) We, uh, of course, we have uh, switched things up a little bit today because we wanted to keep you abreast of everything that's going on with the helicopter crash, Kobe Bryant and his daughter and all of the lives who were lost in the helicopter crash from yesterday. Wouldn't ordinarily do this on the air. Let's do Monday Munch tomorrow. <laughs> it just feels a little weird to do the Monday Munch report yeah. today. Um, we were just mm-hmm. talking like, well, how do we move things around? Well, yeah, it's tough because you have to navigate exactly. and make sure that, you know, if somebody's tuning in, they're like, let's see what's going on on Channel Q. And we're like, I ate cheesy fries. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, uh, okay, That's you tone awkward. deaf idiots. Right. So, so let's uh, move the munch to tomorrow. We're gonna, we'll have a Tuesday Munch report. We're going to munch it tomorrow. And right now we're going to do some crazy you impeachment stuff. We're going to munch Here is something. I mean, you're you're really munch. I'm munching it every day, all day. But <laughs> wow. right now is some crazy So what the hell is going on? We know that a lightning Bolton has shaken things up. Yes. Um, as we are, as we speak, um, we told you a little bit earlier uh, in the show that um, over the weekend, the New York Times released um, a an excerpt from, or some information, I should say, from John Bolton's forthcoming book that is in manuscript form right now that is going through approval. And apparently he says that the president um, specifically spoke with him about holding military aid for Ukraine, the almost $400 million in military aid. I think the important thing about that to remember is like, this is military aid. While that military aid is not available, like there are people who need that. There are soldiers in harm's way. God forbid anyone died um, in that time. But like all of this, like for his own political gain. And think of what this is going to do to John Bolton's book sales. 
I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, no, people book, are like, I got to get my hands on this manuscript. Well, like last year we had, uh, maybe that was almost two years ago, time has flown by, but like we had Fire and Fury, which was like the book of like inside the White House. And it was like, mm. you know, huge sales. Um, we've had a couple of different books come out about this White House and they've all done very well. I think John Bolton's probably stands to do as well as any other, if not better. Um, as we speak right now, the impeachment trial has just resumed within the last three minutes. I'm seeing that they've just kind of come back in from a brief break, but... Um, the the major question is whether or not they're going to call in witnesses. And it seems like um, g- some GOP senators um, are... Uh are, are weighing whether or not to, to bring in John Bolton. I just don't know how it could be a question at this point. Well, There's literally a manuscript of a guy saying he told me that yeah. this is directly related to the Ukraine aid. But I think what you're asking right now is, is exactly the point that I've been really hoping to make to people and especially folks like a Trump supporter, Dave, or a Matthew Craffey or other Republicans who are standing by this president. If you remove the politics from this, which is difficult to do, especially in these times, if you take away how you feel about Donald Trump, how you feel about his policies, whether you like him or hate him or somewhere in between, what we are discussing right now is whether or not a president can do something like this and whether or not the Senate will even hear testimony about it, will look at evidence about it. And like the eyes of history, like if you're familiar with Hamilton, there's a song that says history has its eyes on you. Mm. Like the eyes of history are not going to look back on you favorably because, and I think the primary thing that I keep thinking about is we found out all of this information in the last month. What the hell happens after they they vote to acquit him on Friday? Friday. Right, exactly. When more things and come then out. you're 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 absolutely right. Years from now, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Or Saturday. Somebody right, <laughs> you but know what somebody's I mean? going to look back and a kid is going to read that in a book and go, "Why didn't they do X, Y, and Z?" And that the teacher's going to go, "You're right." You're like, <laughs> that, "That's why our country is in is, is in complete, you know, disrepair do, 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 at this point." Yes, yeah. but also that's seemingly why we write history books and read history books is to not, is to learn from that and not repeat history yeah. even though history continues to repeat itself. So, the question is for you, seemingly why wouldn't you hear this testimony what would be the possible reason why you wouldn't even want to hear testimony like that you do that? have to think about the awkward position it puts republicans in right so like you bring john bolton to the floor and he testifies and he says yes the president told me he was withholding this money f- until they announced the investigation then you as a senator are still probably going to vote to acquit when you have like such blatant obvious mm-hmm. in, uh, information. And so it's I I'm looking at this like and wondering, you know, as we continue to watch the hours pass on, um, it's 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 going to get interesting, I think, in the next couple of days here. Yeah. I mean, it's There's probably be... another shoe that will drop. Yeah. And also, I mean, I know this is a jam packed question, but how is he able to write these things and not get sued? Um, I mean, because he's talking about his own experience, right? So it's like a first-person account of my own experience. Yeah, but Trump could still sue him for defamation or something. Oh, well, Trump could sue him for not liking his hair. And he would, because we know that's Donald Trump, You can sue for not liking hair because... You can sue somebody for anything. Donald Trump should get really sued for Oh, my God. Yeah, he's he's facing litigation uh, out the wazoo. (laughs) He's like, this one, I won't fight. It's it's (laughs) interesting that you asked this question, though, because I was speaking with Michael uh, Chen, who we've had here from Lifetime, talking about how, like, Megyn Kelly had nothing to do with Bombshell. How do you... 
how do you exactly how does this how get you tell it? their story yeah. and he was saying to me that it's all about what's in the public domain so if she said anything in an interview if it's been published in an article they can use that. all that kind of stuff um, you can talk about and John Bolton can talk about what he was told or what he heard or what he knew because it's his own first person mm, experience interesting well it should be fascinating to see how these events develop or don't develop or don't yes we gotta take a quick break when we come back we've got more drop the subject don't go anywhere Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. That's Allie. And uh, we have on the phone joining us from Canada, uh, Evan Solomon. He's a host of a show on CTV called Power Play. And um, he's there's this clip of him having this interaction with uh, a man that's running for their conservative party leadership. His name is uh, Richard DeCarri. And uh, here's a clip of that. TQ people are real people, too. I, I'm just trying to figure out your terms. Are they not real people? Uh, I think LGBTQ is a liberal term. I don't... Uh, I don't talk about people that way. I, I talk about uh, persons, and I think uh, we all need the full respects uh, for uh, being a human being. Simply. Oh, so okay. So you you don't you don't think that being uh, gay? You don't think? What do you think? That's a choice, or do you think it's biological? I think it's a choice, and it, it's uh, how people are behaving. It's one thing. I think government has responsibility to encourage. Uh, the uh, the traditional uh, value that we have uh, had for the past years. Okay, so as you heard there, uh, you <laughs> yeah, Richard Decarey, uh and I, I hope I'm pronouncing that close to correctly. Decarie Decarie um, is not a fan of the LGBTQ folks. Well, I mean. I guess he's just kind of calling us out on our choices. I, uh, apparently, <laughs> um, so Evan is joining us right now. Evan, welcome to the show. Um, can you explain to us what you went into this conversation expecting to talk about? You know, for the American audience, the Conservative Party of Canada is like the Republican Party, okay? It's our, our right-wing party. And in the Big Ten of the right-wing party, they've got, you know, social conservatives, people that have very strong views on, quote, the traditional family, same-sex marriage, abortion, and it's been really divisive. And this guy, who is not even a member of parliament, so he's been a longtime organizer and stuff, he wants to run for the leadership because there's a leadership race to lead that party. And he said, I'm going to wave the banner of the social conservatives. So you know, what's he all about? So I get him on, and he's got a really big team backing him, some real prominent conservatives. And, I, and the last leader got into a lot of trouble and lost because he had very... Uh, controversial views. He wouldn't. He wouldn't march in gay pride. He wouldn't. And in Canada, it's very normal. You know, like even the Conservative Party supports same-sex marriage. So this guy gets on, and I said, he goes, "No, I don't support same-sex marriage. In fact, I don't even use the term LGBTQ because I believe it's a liberal construct." And then I said to him, "Well, you actually think being gay is a choice?" He goes, "Absolutely, it's a choice." And and then he said, "You know, real people that I talk to and real families." They're all confused. And I said, well, don't you think LGBTQ people are real people? He wouldn't use the term. And it was he went on and on unapologetically. And then the, the clip went viral. And I should say that very, like within an hour, almost every top conservative leader condemned him as ignorant and bigoted. And there's no place for that in the party. But he could still run. 
And he still is. Well, I think that's an important thing to point out. So uh, on July 20th, 2005, Canada became the first country outside Europe and the fourth country in the world to legalize same-sex marriage nationwide after the enact- enactment of the Civil Marriage Act. So you guys were way ahead of even us with um, with marriage equality or same-sex marriage. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear that so many conservatives came out against what he was saying. It, what would you say is the general consensus amongst uh, Canadians about same-sex marriage and LGBTQ folks? Well, I just should say it took the Conservative Party 10 years after it was legalized, same-sex marriage, for the Conservative Party to drop its opposition to it. Now, it's one of those issues that totally changed. You know, like abortion is an issue that is very divisive along all party lines. Same-sex marriage is not. Polls show that most Canadians don't care. They support it. Equal rights for people. This is not a divisive issue. There are within the Conservative Party, about 20% of social conservatives that don't like it. But the last leader lost because of that. I'm on, I'm in an airport, as you guys can probably hear. (laughs) So, you know, this is just one of those moments where this guy's way offside, not only in his own party, but in this country. Okay, but you said that he had a pretty big team with him when you were interviewing him. So I wonder, do you have any information on... Do they all agree with him, or was everyone kind of not expecting him to just fly off the handle like this? No, social conservatives like it. And one of the guys that's interesting, his national campaign chair, is a guy that used to be a member of parliament, a longtime social conservative. But the, the social conservatives who had these views, they like had a muzzle on them. They were put in the back benches. You never heard from them, right? Conservatives in the big tent like them for the for the elections, and then once the election is over, they, they said, please never talk again because you're going to hurt our chances. But Brad Trost, this guy who came in, get this, two years ago, the same party, this conservative party, had a leadership race. The guy who's an open social conservative with these same views came in fourth place because the social conservative movement, though a minority, is very well organized, very well funded, especially around issues like abortion and and then other things like the, quote, traditional family, which is obviously a euphemism. And so they do get a lot of support, but it's a, it's a support that's got a hard ceiling on it. You know what I mean? So it's useful politically for other leaders, but then it becomes politically very dangerous because it's incredibly divisive and very tough to win the country with those attitudes in Canada. It's interesting. So it sounds like what you're saying is he's a far right candidate. Like here in the United States, we would call this being a a far right Republican. He seems like he's a Mm. far right conservative. How do you feel like that's going to impact him when he's running for election? And and are people going to stand by that? Because you said the last person was booted out of office for it. Yeah, I, this guy has as much a chance of becoming the leader of the Conservative Party as you guys do as Americans, so it's not going to happen. Oh, but he doesn't oh, I should mean throw that, my hat in the ring. Right, unless, maybe you guys should come on up and run. It would okay, be great, sure. But, I mean, that would be fun. You know, we're, we're a very open society. But look, the bottom line is, he does not going to win. But that, that doesn't mean he's not influential. It doesn't mean hmm. that he's not, and social conservatives are not going to win, uh, have an influence. That's an interesting point. Well, yeah, and I just, you know, predict, I I don't want to say too much, but when you read headlines that are like, 
guy who was running for leadership found in car getting sex from a gay guy. Like, a, these are the types of people that you read about in the paper. Oh, that end up being gay. That end up being the gayest of them all. So <laughs> the, you should cover that, that when that, that happens there, Evan. Yeah, that, that, there, if there's a twist to the story, I will call you guys immediately. Please do. <laughs> uh, Evan Solomon okay. from CT- CTV's Power Play. We really appreciate you joining us. We will be right Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett. Jarrett's being very concerned about my injury. Allie's been in here doing, you know, uh, calisthenic. I've been showing off my range. Showing off might be a a bit of an overreach there. (laughs) Like, how how much can you extend your arm? And I do like four inches and I look like, eh. She had this look on her face like she had just, you know. Won the gold medal in figure skating. Uh, yeah, we're falling apart over here. Well, we also are. Uh, we got some sad news on Friday. Th- yeah, uh, to we the did. Tune of Jarrett Hill announcing his departure from Drop the Subject. Which we, said we got some sad news. Like we did. Like it was a breaking headline. That well, we did get sad news on Friday. Well, I mean, I already knew the news, but yeah, they didn't. They did not. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. I, don't I was know like, wait a minute. Did you tell everybody? <laughs> right. What the hell, no, man? I told them while you were out on the break <laughs> once in a live <laughs> So tease. messed up. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, we're very sad you're leaving, but we wanted to celebrate you all week long with some uh, what I'm calling Jarrett Hill lights. Okay. Oh, They're highlights from Jarrett Hill. <laughs> Jarrett Hill lights. It'll sink in. Even, even uh, producer Jesse's like, He's already rolling his eyes. He's, like, he's been here for 40. He's been, This yeah, is like his second works. day on the show. And he's like, you're an idiot. Um, so I thought we'd start off with a bang. Uh-oh. Because one of the, I would say, bonding experiences that you and I had was over the Popeye's chicken sandwich. As you recall, uh, I believe it was in August, Popeye's chicken sandwich, uh, Popeye's restaurant announced that they had a new spicy chicken sandwich. And oh, was the demand high. I would, I would say this was probably one of the biggest moments we've had on the show. As far as like stress and producing and like yeah. just being on a trend. But it was one of the best moments for you, Jared, because you assumed, you channeled a woman named Linda mm. because we decided let's try and make the Popeye's chicken sandwich the official sandwich. I also don't know why I couldn't have just done this as myself. I, doesn't, <laughs> I would have it. not had it any other way. I'm glad it was Linda and this is what it sounded like. So we have... A Let's dial this number, Ginger Justin. I think we have a new location, uh, Popeye's location in Norfolk, Virginia. So let's go ahead and dial. And I think that Linda just needs to come right back on the phone. I know we got kind of a, a oh, I don't know, I'll check with my manager kind of response. But I think we need we need some progress. We need a firm answer. Let's see. The Janice Shopping Center. How can I help you? Hey, Sugar. Uh, this is Linda. How are you today? Uh, horrible. These people... Other than that, I'm fine. Oh, I'm guessing you're really busy. I just want to let you know, I'm, yeah. I'm calling from the radio. We are on right now because we just had this chicken sandwich. And I'm guessing that the chicken sandwich is, is really just killing y'all. Yes, ma'am. We, <laughs> we just tried the chicken sandwich and we just love it so much. Now, we are on an LGBTQ radio station and we love the chicken sandwich because it's a great sandwich and it's bigot free because it's not from Chick-fil-A. Now, we wanted to find out if you would be interested in making this chicken sandwich the official chicken sandwich of the LGBTQ community. Um, I can't make those type of um, decisions. However, I am a part of your community. Amen. I will, <laughs> I will um, talk to the bosses, but I don't see the problem in it, anything we're promoting it. I, I, I love that, baby. Now, what is your boss's name? My boss's name is Carl and also Ali Okay, and what is your name, baby? 
My name is Danny, but in the community, they know me as Jay Sean. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, Danny, Jay Sean. Well, we just want you to know that we love this Popeye sandwich, and we are hoping that Popeye's will make it the official sandwich of the LGBTQ community. Yes, ma'am. It is permanently on our menu. I don't see the problem. I will speak to them. They, I'm sure they're going to come by my store. I have the business store in the region. I'm sure they're going to be back here in a few minutes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jay Sean. We love you. <laughs> love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I just love me some Jay Sean. Oh, yeah. We got to get him on the show. We do have to get him back on. That was kind of awesome. He's got to be the official man candy of the <laughs> exactly. of the LGBTQ plus community. I love oh, Sorry, community. C- community. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to... Uh, <laughs> What's that Channel Q lady interjecting herself com- into our intro? We've completely confused our whole system by doing News It or Lose It a little bit yeah. early. Um, Channel Q, Channel Q. So what? what? We're going to play uh, Fading by Shalou right after we get into headlines. So, Allie, I've got a little bit of a theme with these headlines. Really? Um, they all involve Florida. <laughs> Because okay. it was so fun last time. Okay. Uh, a Florida man was arrested for pointing lasers at planes landing at an airport. Oh, lose it. Oh. Not, not ready. An island in Florida is paying residents to let a special owl burrow in their front yard. <laughs> That's so stupid. News it. Right. And the wordgenius.com word of the day is one you might know. Nirvana. Oh, well, that's what you achieve when you... All right, sure. Yeah, we'll news it. All right. That's next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to News It or Lose It. Uh, we're doing it a little bit earlier today, uh, trying to move some things around for the sake of all the things that we're trying to get in today. So, Allie, I told you an island in Florida is paying residents to let a special owl burrow in their front yard. This okay, sounds like a story that you special owl, what do we mean? Like, Well, like- according to CNN.com, they say Florida's dwindling population of burrowing owls is having trouble finding homes. Um, they say, so one island town is letting the birds stay in residents' yards rent-free. Those humans can then pocket an easy $250 for being generous landlords. Uh, this week, the Macro Island City Council agreed to set aside $5,000 every year to pay residents who host who host burrows for uh, the vulnerable birds. They say wildlife crews will dig the holes and then it's up to the owls to move in. About 500 burrowing owls live on Macro Island, but they're exceedingly rare in the rest of the country and rest of the state, um, according to a biologist there. So they're letting people um, have a little money to help the bird population. Yeah, it's sort of like running a little Airbnb burrow. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. (laughs) There, right there. Hey, you know what? I'm jealous of these owls for living somewhere rent free. Like, what the what the crap is that about? Because I, all I have to do to get cheap rent in the in in California is to be an owl. Yeah. Well, I mean, that exactly how that works. But because I'll do it. Um, producer Jesse, who's helping us out today, um, <laughs> when you said Airbnb burrow, uh-huh. he had the same look I did, which was how would you describe the look that you had? I, I didn't notice the look. No, you I definitely. Didn't realize I was, I'm just over here doing. Uh, okay. He had that look that was like, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse has been running the board and helping us out for like what? Well, how long have you been here, Jesse? Three Off days. Off and on for like a week. Yeah. Okay. It feels more like a month. Though. And he's already. <laughs> He's, he's already like, giving me shade. He said, oh my God, it's I been dragging I order on. you to laugh at my crappy owl jokes. Oh man. Okay. So what, what do they call it? Airbnb burrow. <laughs> Okay, so okay, you um, know, <laughs> I thought it was cute, and I think it's BS that these owls get to live wherever they want, and they're only going to live in the one percent 
places because who else has trees? Am I right? Does anyone no, else here have a tree? it's a burrow in the ground, so they're digging a hole in the ground. Oh. Completely so changes how I you feel about it. I still don't have a ground, so <laughs> my argument still stands. Neither one of us are eligible for this because of the people that have yard yeah. privilege. <laughs> exactly. That's we, the point I'm making. We are oppressed by living in high-rises. Yeah. What, yeah. is an owl can't hang out on my stoop? Uh, mm-mm. They can't. They can't burrow into the... Never mind. Um, okay, the wordgenius.com word of the day before we run out of time is nirvana. What does it mean? It means uh, achieving enlightenment. Uh, so says the Buddha. Um, really cute, but no, they're a 90s band. We'll take a quick break. <laughs> no, okay. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. Allie is here. And uh, all morning we've been kind of checking in and following up on uh, yesterday's really shocking news about uh, Kobe Bryant and eight others passing away in a tragic uh, helicopter crash. If you were not uh, listening earlier, we uh, had a moment of silence across all of Los Angeles stations, including all of ours. Uh, and uh I'm still getting chills every time I say it. It's um, just kind of stunning. Um, we're joined right now by our new favorite sports guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Randy Cardoon is joining us right now. Uh, you, I, I joked with you the last time we were here. I was like, not like a super sports-heavy kind of show or network, but um, mm-hmm. we were You're really... our lifeline, Randy. Exactly, yes. yeah. And I mean, wow. we had you on a couple of weeks I'm ago. I'm putting that on my resume right now. The Channel Q the... lifeline, yes. yes. <laughs> um, but um, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're here because I... I because we're not a sports-heavy um, kind of network and station um, and show, I should say, I kind of wanted you to be able to put into perspective like Kobe Bryant's impact, um, both in sports and in culture, and, and, and what he was doing even since leaving. Well, as far as the city of Los Angeles is concerned, I mean, you take a look at who the Laker legends are in in the world of you know following the Lakers, I mean, you've got Magic, you've got Kareem, you've got Shaquille O'Neal, you've got Kobe Bryant, you've got they've had some big names. Jerry come there. West, mm-hmm. I mean, but Kobe's right up there. Yeah. And he's among the top guys because he has such a passion for winning and a passion to succeed. And and anybody of any age who has watched him play. He has that singular focus mm. of wanting to succeed and play well. And uh, it took a while for him to get used to sometimes NBA players wouldn't be on like that every game. Mm-hmm. He'd argue with them. How come you're not taking it seriously? And guys would go, hey, we've got so many games a season. We can't completely. Hmm. But that's the way Kobe is. I was and, hearing yesterday in coverage that he was someone who would like play if he was sick he would play if he was not feeling well because people he knew that like sometimes there would be people who like this is the only time they might see uh, an NFL I mean an NBA game or something like that that was right. something you always have to, to give it your all yeah right or somebody who like pays for it and shows up yeah. and, and says hey I'm gonna do it and and there have been countless stories of him supposedly being injured or having a flu or something then he comes in and says no no I'll be I'll play and then he pops for 40. You know, yeah. And it's like, huh. okay, fine. Uh, pops for 40 We means, all want that, whatever yeah. you have. It means so, 40 points is what right. Pops for 40, 40 means. 40 points, yes. <laughs> I know what that means. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, but I, I was uh, watching another interview with him, because I was I got sucked in, was watching a lot of uh, yeah. interviews with him. And mm-hmm. um, one thing that really struck me was that he talked about how he wasn't necessarily the top performing player when he was younger, when he was really, really young, mm. and how he was focusing so much on his weaknesses so that when, he, when it came time, 
time, he was just the most well-rounded player. So it just seemed like he was so dedicated from the beginning and just wanted, he was so meticulous and wanted to work harder and harder to be the strongest player and play to his weaknesses rather than his strengths. He was really focused. I covered him when I was working at Fox 11 here in LA and I we would go on the road with him uh, and and go on the road with the team during the playoffs and they played a series against the Jazz and, and this is a kind of a famous thing toward the end of a game. He kept getting the ball and trying to fire it in from outside three-point land and kept missing. Mm. And they kept giving him the ball. And he kept taking the shot. Mm -hmm. And he kept missing. Mm -hmm. And the Lakers ended up losing that series. But what that taught everybody is he had that singular focus and that, that I can do this. Yeah, Mm. I may not be doing it now, but I can do this. And as years later, we would find out, oh, yeah. Yeah, he could definitely do this because um, he, he believed in himself. Right. Talk about what he's been doing in retirement. He's only recently retired, mm-hmm. and I know that he's been. Um, they they were saying that his mind is uh, he he views himself not as like an NBA person now. He kind of looks at his business as like Steve Jobs would or something like that. Well, he knows a lot of people, and one thing about working in the NBA and working in Los Angeles in the NBA, you get to know some pretty prestigious people and business leaders as well. I mean, Magic Johnson too. That's how mm. he. He was able to do so much in the business world. And I think Kobe watched what Magic did. And I think that's one of the reasons he decided to take that route. And he met with people. He basically studied them like he studied NBA defenses, how to do things. And so he was able to start a production company or get involved with the movie industry. Uh, and they, they flippantly keep mentioning that he also won an Oscar. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. In like his first year of uh, being Pro- not at the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how great is that? Plus, you know, he wanted to get involved in short film. And now he's looking forward, as I understood it, he had a project in the works for a longer running film and he mm-hmm. wanted to get an award for that. Not just put out a film, but get honored for that film. I believe I saw he had a Pulitzer for writing a book or something along those lines. Well, in our final minute here, can you talk about his regular use of a helicopter and how this was something common for him? He did that. Well, let's put it this way. This helicopter he owned, Mm -hmm. the one that he went down in, he owned. uh, He'd travel... Um, all around in a helicopter. Uh, think of it. It's Los Angeles. The mm-hmm. last thing you want to do is be stuck on the freeway at the mm-hmm. right time. You know, why do that? Use a helicopter. And unfortunately, it appears he just got done in by the weather in that situation. Yeah. 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 Uh, just quickly before, I know we have to wrap up, but are his jerseys, were they already retired or are they retiring them now that he's passed? No, his jerseys are retired with the Lakers. Not with the other NBA teams. Mark Cuban, Mark oh, Cuban okay. of the so Dallas Mavericks. So that's what people are talking said, about now is to right. retire those numbers completely. That's what some people are suggesting. Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks said, hey, we're not going to use 24 to honor Kobe. Now everybody else should. Mm. Kind of like yeah. in a Jackie Robinson sense, you know, how baseball is not it has retired all his, uh, their numbers all over all the teams. It was suggested that that's what happens with Kobe's number 8 and 24. Mm. Randy, Amazing. tell people where they can find you and all the work that you do. Well, I'm at knx1070.com. Uh, you can catch on. You could uh, follow me at knx1070. And if you guys are classic car nuts, I have a podcast called Talking About Cars. Mm. And uh, we talk to celebrities and car personalities about their car stories. So you can get that uh, at uh, talkingaboutcars.net, knx1070.com. Uh-huh. And, of course, Radio.com. Oh, yes, of amazing. course. Amazing. Well, if you ever need a guest to talk about her Honda, Ooh. right here. <laughs> I'm going right. to sign you up. Well, thank you. Drop the subject's coming right back. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
Drop the Subject is back, and uh, we want to check in on the impeachment just one more time before we go, because uh, Trump's defense attorneys are presenting in front of the Senate right now, and uh, some of the headlines are really interesting. Um, we're, we're going through the live updates uh, that CNN has been providing, and there's an interesting juxtaposition, because um, Ali just looked up at the TV and said, oh, they're talking about Joe Biden, as I was reading a headline that one of the Trump lawyers had said, Rudy Giuliani is the House manager's colorful distraction and it's like no i think that's what joe biden is in this situation like rudy giuliani seems to be intricately involved in this story yes and so they're saying that giuliani was a very minor player but many witnesses disagree and then i like as we were going back on the pause air, there uh, hold, hold your thought the idea that rudy giuliani is a minor player still says that he was a player when he's the president's personal attorney, which is a major problem. And how can you be a minor player in anything when two of the people who work for you have been indicted? Hello. So. Hello. Uh, hello. Two and two together. What, I mean, think about I it. I just want to think about think it. Think about it. I want to, I really, really want to highlight this though, because like Rudy Giuliani is acting as the president's personal attorney. Why is the president's personal attorney having anything to do with, with Ukraine anything. and military aid? That don't make that, no that sense. That should not be allowed. Yeah, no. Okay. That's absolutely ridiculous. Before we were going on the air, I was looking up because we've got the uh, CNN live feed here in the studio. And I was like, what is the legal team? What is Trump's legal team's defense? I'm just so curious. And then I look up and I see the closed captioning going, yes, well, Joe Biden and Burisma and he he was up to shenanigans and it's like but that's not the that question doesn't have anything to do with anything why would you about this call right the fact that they're talking about Burisma, like I expect them to bring up Clinton's emails. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like they're going to be, like, be like and the emails and Benghazi, and like <laughs> they're they're like, going to do anything. What yeah. are you talking about? This um, is not helpful. So it's a. Uh, I also see a headline here from CNN that says Mc, uh, Mitch McConnell quote did not have any advance notice uh, uh, about the Bolton manuscript, which is interesting. Like right. he didn't know that that was coming, but they do seem to know. They should have known basically what John. Bolton was going to be saying. Also, want to give you a bit of a shout out because Me? you talked on Friday um, when we were when I was announcing that I was leaving that you were like, I did not follow this stuff. I didn't know what was going on. And like just having a conversation with you even in the break and now like, oh, thank you. I'm like you like know so much more of this stuff than <laughs> than when we started this in April. So. Well, I've been doing my homework, number one, but I've also been listening and uh, I've been listening to our conversations and yeah. it does help when you're following it. You yeah. know, I think it's very easy to take yourself out of it and then see headlines and be like, I don't know what that means and kind of move yeah. on and be like, is he getting impeached? OK, great. Is he getting removed? Probably not. I don't know. And it's easy. And I think sometimes people do it protectively to. Sure. just kind of step away from all the gritty details because they are so frustrating. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I completely... Mean, girl, you were talking about a Burisma and you were like, I was like, all right, Ali, I see you, girl. I see you, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. <laughs> Happy ending. Single. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Um, Ali, what a day. Yeah. We've had some difficult days in the course of the time we've been working together with fires, with 
Shootings. Uh, shootings, yes. Um, Mueller reports. Like, mm. some days are more difficult than others, obviously. Yeah. Um, we've had some some big news days, I should say. And uh, I think today's probably been one of the hardest um, with the passing of Kobe Bryant uh, just yesterday. And uh, I, am, I am glad we are landing this plane at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's nice. And, and it's a good... This is when I'm also very thankful for happy endings, because I know we joke on the show, but... It's important that that the reason that happy endings is, exists is because uh, inherently you want to take something that was kind of sad and find some, find light, some in it. light in it. Yeah, yeah, find some positivity in it, and that's why we do happy endings. So, do you want to start, Jared, or did you want me to? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Yes, today was an incredibly rough day. It's been a very rough 24 hours, 28 plus hours for many, many people, especially here in Southern California. But the silver lining that I noticed this morning was that I was sitting in my normal traffic like I am every single day and I was not mad. Mm -hmm. Like somebody cut you off or whatever and you're looking at the people around you going, we're all collectively feeling something right now. And I think that when these things happen, I know I've said on the show already, it brings people together, but all of those little things that may irritate you about, you know, we, even if it's whatever, living in L.A. or not, or just general general irritating things that can get to you, somehow they kind of just get swept under because you want to focus on what matters in yeah, times like this. So absolutely. that's my little happy ending. Um, mine is similar. Um, I, it's tr- I wrote it. This time, because, you know, you I generally it? try to write mine. Yeah. You tend to like to do them off the cuff sometimes. Which doesn't uh, work most, most days. <laughs> um, for me, I put, it truly has been the worst that Kobe Bryant and others died in a tragic helicopter accident yesterday. But if there's a silver lining, it reminded us all to show a little love and a little kindness to one another and that life is fleeting and we have to live life to its fullest. And as my mom would say, especially today, if you see someone with a, someone without a smile, to give them one of yours. Oh, that's nice. And I think that is a great place for us to um, yeah to say goodbye for the day. Yeah, and we have another live show tomorrow. We're going to talk to Dr. Jen. Yeah. And uh, I think something about uh, dealing with grief in times like this. Uh, we have uh, definitely a jam-packed week for you. We're going to continue to highlight. Jarrett Hillites. Yeah, that really doesn't work. Uh, Some of our most memorable moments of Jarrett Hill being on the show, celebrating uh, his time with us. And uh, so it's going to be, Friday's going to be rough too. I'm going to be feeling a lot of emotions on that day. It's a full emotionally charged week. All right, I need a drink. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.